Welcome to this special episode of Frequency Matters, the R for Microwave Update series. I'm Pat Hindle, and today I'm talking with Jeff Hassania. He's the Chief Growth Officer at Quantic Electronics. Welcome, Jeff. Thank you. Good to be here, Patrick. So I think it's been about a year since we talked at last IMS in June. And, you know, while the businesses under Quantic Electronics are very well known, the parent company and your overall approach to the market is still relatively new. Can you provide us with a quick overview of the Quantic Electronics company and how you're approaching the RF and microwave marketplace? Sure. Um, again, thank you for having me. It's nice to see you again. And I do think it's appropriate, given that it's been a year, to give you an overview again of Quantic, especially given that the overall parent company is only two and a half years old. Um, so as an overview, Quantic Electronics designs and manufactures electronic components all the way through integrated assemblies. So think of, you know, tier four components to tier three integrated assemblies slash integrated microwave assemblies. Uh, we do have no aspirations to climb the value chain and move to a tier two or tier one. We want to stay tier four, tier three. All of our products uh, focus on mission critical applications. That's sort of our bread and butter, if you will. Uh, we're on platforms such as the Joint Strike Fighter, both in the EW and the radar suites, the Air Missile Defense Radar Program, the Patriot System, and many DOD and NASA satellite programs, just to name a few. If you look at our overall portfolio, it's about 80% defense. Uh, the remaining is commercial. We've got some big players on the commercial side, like Apple Computer and Cisco that make up that piece of the business. And like you said in the intro, uh, the company itself was started two and a half years ago. It is backed by private equity, uh, and it is, has essentially built itself up through acquisitions and organic growth. Um, in terms of acquisitions, we've done 14 acquisitions um, since the company started. I think last year when I spoke with you at the International Microwave uh, Symposium, we were at like 12. Uh, so we've added to that. Um, and in the types of companies that we target are obviously electronic component companies, but more importantly, that the, your audience understands is, I mean, we target healthy companies. So companies with growing revenues, strong EBITDA margins, differentiated intellectual property, strong management teams, and on good platforms. Um, we do not target fixer-uppers. So there's no turnaround stories in the Quantic portfolio, if you will. These 14 acquisitions, we have aligned um, along the lines of three different verticals. Um, the first vertical we call the RF and microwave vertical. And in that vertical, we've got six companies. Um, the way I like to think of it is um, we build components behind an antenna aperture all the way into where you, where you digitize a signal. So any of the components behind an aperture to where you digitize, it's a capability of Quantic. So these are both passive and active components. We have COTS components. We have uh, custom components. We build single function connectorized devices through very complex IMAs. Frequency ranges, many people are surprised. We're going north of 100 gigahertz in several of our companies and a very wide range of uh, power levels. The second vertical is we call the sensing vertical. We have one company in that portfolio called BEI Precision. And they build uh, what we call optical encoders. And these are for very high pointing accuracy applications. They also do accelerometers and optical scanners. And then in the last vertical, which comprises seven of the 14 companies, we call that vertical our power products vertical. And in that power products vertical, we have four companies that offer 
different topologies of capacitors from wet tantalum to multi-layer ceramic, multi-layer film, and our latest acquisition of a company called Ulex, they focus on uh, RF ceramic capacitors that go all the way up to north of 100 gigahertz, mainly suited for millimeter wave um, and 5G types of applications. Um, then we have one company in that power products vertical that does passive magnetics. And then lastly, to round it out, we've got two companies that provide resistive foils. So it's quite a portfolio of, um, of 14 companies. The other thing, uh, real quickly on this question, I just wanted to highlight that I think it's important for your audience to understand as well is our whole business model. Uh, we often talk about the fact that Quantic Electronics is unified but decentralized. So when I talk about unified, think, you know, we've got a common brand under Quantic Electronics. All of our companies start with, you know, Quantic TRM, Quantic Wenzel, Quantic X Microwave. So common brand. Uh, a small corporate team like myself and, and a few others on the corporate team that focus on investments, connecting the dots, cross-selling, and so forth. But the businesses operate standalone. So they have their own general managers. They run their own P&Ls. They go to market how they want to go to market. And they have all the requisite infrastructure and people within each of the businesses to operate independently. The other point that's really unique about the whole Quantic Electronics and our um, private equity backer, is that we offer stock to every single employee in the company. So every single employee, 800 plus employees within Quantic have stock, and we consider these employees shareholders. As a matter of fact, monthly we have a shareholders meeting, which is an internal meeting of all of our employees, but we're all shareholders. And the beauty there is that we're all rowing together um, ultimately towards the same, same end goal. And, and so lastly, to sort of summarize that, I often tell customers, because we'll have customers oftentimes coming to me and asking, you know, hey, what's unique and, and about Quantic versus all the other companies in the marketplace? And I'll talk about the 14 companies in the portfolio, but I'll emphasize that when you come to Quantic, you get big company stability. So in other words, we've got financial backing. We're here to stay. Uh, you can count on us. We can invest, et cetera. So big company stability but we also have small company agility. So we can turn quotes quickly. Our lead times are very attractive. I can turn NDAs within an hour. Uh, you get a live person to pick up the phone. So it's that small company sort of family feeling, but big company stability. Yeah, we've definitely noticed you always uh, pick up very uh, well-known and established brands that have been very successful. Yes, yes. So uh, let's focus on space. You know, what trends are you seeing in the growing space market? Yeah, that's a great question. And as everybody knows, there's a lot of dynamics in the space industry right now. So just a quick background, about 20% of Quantic's business is space oriented, space and launch. Um, we've been servicing the industry since 1960. We have well over 100 satellites uh, with content that have been launched with Quantic content on them. And of the 14 businesses I described, 10 of them build products for space. Um, so we definitely have a space pedigree and we have a space pedigree on some really high value programs that are currently on orbit, if you will. Um, I wanna focus on one trend. Um, I, I won't lay claim to the trend. There's actually a gentleman in our organization, his name is Eric Forstner. He came up with this little buzzword and I ran with it. So I plagiarized his buzzword, but I really liked it. It really sunk with me and it's what I've seen. And what I'll refer to it as the bifurcation of the space industry, the bifurcation of the space industry. So what we're seeing here is we're seeing 
basically two paths within the space industry that are very distinct, but also have some overlap and crossplay between, between them. The first path in this bifurcated space industry is what I'll call traditional space. So when you think about traditional space, think about your classic DOD or three-letter intelligence agency programs or NASA programs or NOAA programs or whatever it might be. Those traditional long-standing space programs. That market is robust. It's continuing. Um, but it's a market that's characterized by less sensitivity to price and more sensitivity to performance and space qualification. So in this traditional space market, oftentimes customers will desire from a component level, they'll desire you know, class K components or equivalent or NASA tour type standards from the products that they offer. The other bifurcated path, if you will, is what I'll refer to as COTS-like space. And this is really interesting. And this is it's the area that's getting a lot of attention and a lot of visibility. It's also the, the uncharted path that really, frankly, the industry is learning about. So in this case, you may refer to this as, uh, some people call it space 2.0, other people call it new space. I've heard the term proliferated LEO. Um, but think about, think about companies and constellations like OneWeb, um, SpaceX's Starlink, the Amazon Kuiper program, uh, Planet Labs, among many others. It's exploding with growth. Um, a matter of fact, I was at the um, Space Symposium a month ago and I listened to a Bank of America luncheon and they gave a really interesting fact. They talked about the fact that today there's about 5,000 satellites on orbit. And even that 5,000 has grown exponentially over the last decade. But today there's 5,000. Based on the launch profiles going forward in the marketplace, they're predicting there'll be 15,000 satellites on orbit by 2030. So 5,000 to 15,000 over the course of the next seven years, a threefold increase. They're also, they also showed data that the growth rate of constellation-based launches, where they're launching large constellations, is more than 10 times greater than the launch rate of single satellite launches. Again, emphasizing what's going on with this cost-like space. Now in the cost-like market, it's all about price. You know, price is king. Of course, they need performance and they need reliability, but definitely price is a centerpiece. So ultimately this bifurcation trend is a little bit of a tension between performance and reliability versus cost. You will get some people out there that say we must have both. I personally would argue that at least today that that's an oxymoron. And honestly, this is really what the the industry is struggling with. Well, you know, it's what is good enough from a price, performance, and reliability perspective. Yeah, we've seen a lot of companies talking about using COT devices, or they call it screening light. Uh, so there's all flavors in between. Absolutely. So uh, how is Quantic Electronics meeting these needs in the space market? And what are the products and capabilities that you offer? Well, um, the good thing is if you look at this bifurcated space market, traditional and cost-like, fortunately, across our 14 businesses, we participate on both sides. So we've got a lot of visibility with what's happening in the space um, industry. Um, and the way we're addressing this is by offering a family of product offerings 
a solution, really, frankly, for anybody's needs, whether it be various price points, various performance points, or reliability heritage attributes. And let me just give a couple examples. One of our recent acquisitions, Patrick, is of a company called Microwave Dynamics. Uh, Microwave Dynamics is located in Irvine, California. They build dielectric resonator oscillators, DROs, and they also build phase-locked oscillators, PLOs, mainly for space-based applications. Um, they've been providing components for space since 2004, so they offer a lot of heritage. If you look at their portfolio, the beauty of their portfolio is that they offer, on one extreme, they offer pure COTS, so sort of think of class F from a components perspective, all the way to class K, you know, full space qualified components and anywhere in between. So if a customer wants pure COTS, we have that. If a customer wants more industrial grade, we have that. If a customer wants, you know, high reliability sort of LEO type of space offerings, we have that. Or if they need full class K, we offer that as well. Alternatively is another example is one of our other businesses, again, BEI Precision, BEI Precision, they're in our sensing vertical. Um, again, they offer a family of optical encoders based on how accurate a customer needs to point whatever device they're pointing um, and the overall uh, reliability required and the customer's budget. So if a customer needs 28-bit resolution, that's our highest offering. Essentially, you can make a putt, a golf putt across the country. You can line up your putt so accurately. If they need that resolution, we have it. It's It's costs a fair amount because of the capability that they're getting. And it can offer full space qualifications and so forth. But if they need a much cheaper solution, it's not going to have the 28-bit resolution or as much space pedigree, we offer that as well. So it's, um, I think from our perspective, the way to service this, this industry is to be able to have product offerings in both of those bifurcated paths. And uh, what synergies do you see between your brands to help better meet your customers' needs? There's a lot of synergies. Um, you know, a, a great example is in solution selling. I know you've previously spoken with Joe Sabota at Wenzel. And you, you recall Wenzel builds uh, crystal-based ultra-low phase noise oscillators. Well, now if you think about it, between microwave dynamics, which I just mentioned, and their DROs and PLOs, and Wenzel based on their crystal-based oscillators, depending on what a customer wants, we can steer them to the best type of architecture for their needs. So we're getting a lot of synergies by what I'll call solution selling. And that's just one example of where we can do that in our portfolio. The other example is what I'll call um, cross-business exposure. So in other words, if I'm, like I described earlier, we do R for microwave components behind an antenna all the way until you digitize the signal. If I'm in and working with a customer on a power divider, I'm often gonna see more of the architecture and I can articulate to the customer, hey, that we could do more. We have solutions for different pieces here. And oftentimes we'll find out given that we're newer under the Quantic brand, customers weren't aware of our overall capabilities. So there's a lot of cross business exposure. And then lastly, in terms of synergies is clearly customer access. Again, we've got certain businesses that are very comfortable with certain customer sets, but they just haven't gotten exposure with other, other customer sets. And we have other businesses that do have exposure with those customer sets. So 
connecting the dots and getting exposure to customers. And the value for customers is oftentimes they haven't heard of us and we can bring them an alter alternative solution maybe to their current supply base. Yeah, it's an excellent story, Jeff. Yeah, thank you so much for talking with me today about Quantic and the space market and what you have to offer there. It's been interesting to learn about the various companies in your portfolio that I know is growing every day. To our audience, you can find more videos at videos.mygravejournal.com. Thanks for watching.